0: Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGruer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing, is Vladimir Putin that important, really? Chris so we're talking about vladimir putin why are we talking about vladimir putin
1: right so um yeah no the reason we're looking at this is because uh one of our um loyal listeners uh casper uh got in got in touch to um ask uh us to consider a topic which is um you know what what is what do we think russia will look like post uh vladimir putin's reign um and as as ever i mean you know we'll obviously spend a little bit of time talking about that that question itself but in true Aleph fashion we wanted to look at the um uh, the the sort of broader meta question you know what what is that question really really asking so
0: um I think what's interesting is you've all got a background in uh, defense intelligence I think um which is I'm sure this is sort of exactly the sort of question um you would have been thinking about sometimes so he's asked the question let's mm. answer it
1: uh well yeah so uh, i mean in terms of um what what you're interested in to to me the first thing you've got to work out is what does what does that question actually mean right so wh- when you say what is russia going to be like you don't mean who's going to be uh top of the russian you know um Hit parade I was going to, I was going to date myself there by saying hit parade, but the, you don't want to know uh, you know um about popular culture in in Russia necessarily at that point you're asking something else so you're you're trying to think about you know states uh and and um categories which apply to the country so you might be asking a question you know what's the political leadership of the country going to be uh, going to look like or how's the economic performance of the country going to be
2: well what is what well what it i mean i think it's right how will it change i mean that's the thing where you may be some of those things but but actually the key question is what aspects will change if we take putin
0: out of the equation yeah i mean also another way i'd be interested in, in framing that question is uh, can Russia uh, change because it's a country that for quite a long time has, um, even go back to the Tsars, who were ev- even by uh, standards of a monarchy were peculiarly no, authoritarian. Exactly.
1: No, no, precisely. I mean, so, you know, you, you get sort of, uh, uh, um, you know, 15-15... 47 and and Ivan the terrible you know right through to uh um 1917 and the, the demise of the of the czars but then pretty much straight away back to an authoritarian regime just you know one that is communist in nature uh you, you know rather than uh based on a on a sort of monarchy um but again with with uh autocratic leaders and you know right through to well the late 80s but but 1991 the you know and up to the fall of the Soviet Union uh and then you have you know in the sort of 90s you know kind of the the Yeltsin chaos years and then you know less less than a decade later in comes Putin and increasingly moves back to that more authoritarian you know semi-democratic uh sort of um autocrat and uh so, so, yes, you're right, you know, in terms of the the pattern of russian leadership for for its entire modern history, the vast majority of of it has has not been democratic and has been around strong personal leaders um which brings so- us nicely on to the thing we want to talk
0: about what big man theory,
2: which is yeah, I mean, so what we just said really is that there have been a series of important Personalities who are at the head of Russia, from you know the Tsar through to um, you know Lenin and Stalin and up to the present day. But we've also touched on the idea that, well, actually, Russia seems in some way predisposed towards having people like that. And if it wasn't Stalin, it would have been some other equally uh, unpleasant character. And you know, if it wasn't, is it perhaps you know, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't Putin, you know, Yeltsin might have appointed another person who was just as similar. You know, so I, this is a, so what we're touching on here is the kind of the great man theory, and it's uh, and it's its relationship to some of those hypotheses. What is um, the great man theory? So this was this is uh, it only appears. Really, people only talk about it now in the context of claiming that it's discredited. But it's it it goes back to Carlyle who said that the history of the world is but the biography of great men, and um, you know certainly since before I was born uh, and my first uh, you know encounter with the study of history and historiography, people have been saying "Mm, that's not true. You know, it's not uh, it's all very kind of outdated and a bit racist uh, thinking it's all about great men. Um, And uh, actually, it's more about, you know, the study of what we should be concerned with is the study of, you know, social conditions and mass movements and forces and stuff. And um, so the question is, yeah, is that true? Is the great is is it are great men really important or not? Are are we wasting our time looking at them? What do you think? Uh, Well, first of all, I want to split this into at least four well i'm gonna do four there could be more um distinct hypotheses which get muddled together when people talk about this right it's all kind of mushed up together uh so is this the hair analysis yeah this this is my analysis my personal analysis of what's going on here it first first hypothesis that the idea of a great person is meaningful right Hmm. so that if you don't agree with that right then there's no point the other the other ones don't count but uh, you know that there are um that there are that individuals can have a significant impact on things that we we consider important. Um, I'll tell you right now. I think that's true.
0: Mm, I, I think that's true. I
2: think. I think you could say. Uh, you know, someone like Adolf Hitler was influential.
1: And and whether or not whether or not it uh, it is true that that uniquely then they were influential well, or whether that. um but but the point is they they definitely yeah thought they were they were great men right and if you look at you know napoleon napoleon and his uh his seven great great captains through history you know he was already thinking in those in those terms presumably about himself and then you know Hitler comes along and has his own you know Frederick the Great and uh harking back to um you know historical figures uh they those figures that have been found to be or or you know are put forward as being historically very influential very often have a personal sense of destiny have a personal sense of destiny but but believe that great Great men are important in history. Well, the fact that we've—I mean, I don't know if you're much of
2: a history buff, but you've heard of Adolf Hitler, right? I I believe, and you've heard of Genghis Khan, right? uh, So these people, whether you like it or not, decades centuries later we're
0: still talking about we're still them. talking about
2: so yeah. i think it's beyond doubt that there is a meaningful concept of a great person now whether or not you think that it's important in other ways we'll get on to that um second hypothesis right that the greatness of a person is a feature of intrinsic rather than acquired characteristics now this is the sort of born not made theory and this is quite widely studied There's quite a lot of literature, looking mainly in the business press, actually, rather than politics. Just to say,
0: this is fascinating, this stuff. We keep going, yeah.
2: Um, And uh, it is, like a lot of things, a bit like the Nature v. Nurture debate, Mm. a bit meaningless. And the answer is it's it's a bit of both. Okay. You know, quantitative estimates vary, but it's kind of, you, you know, so the things, intrinsic things might be to do with personal charisma, you know, stature even, how good looking you are, that kind of thing. Uh, and acquired characteristics would be to do with knowledge and skills and those kinds of things. And it seems to be about 50-50. Hypothesis three. The,
1: are we discussing the hypothesis? Yeah, let's, we can, subscri- you can, right.
2: we could, I'm just going to lay them out. Okay, can, lay you know, them out. Get stuck okay, in you know, right. just for, the, for clarity. Right. Third, the greatness of a person does not depend on contingent factors, right? So in other words, the greatness of Napoleon was to do with napoleon right rather than something to do with the world napoleon was born in had napoleon been born in fifth century bc in ethiopia Just we would still europe be... will still have quailed under his yeah, iron yeah. fist okay uh, and then for, fourthly uh, and again i think this goes back to the russia point that the existence of a great person in a particular time and place is uh, not largely determined by exogenous factors so in other words uh, Somebody, if Napoleon hadn't existed, there, there wouldn't have been some other Napoleon. Just, you know, the next Napoleon down wouldn't have just taken the place and done the same thing. All of those things, I think, uh, constitute various facets of the great man
0: theory. Give me a really quick rundown again of those four. Right. Great, the greatness is meaningful. Yeah.
2: B- they're born not made. Yeah. They're timeless and placeless.
0: Yeah. And they are
2: irreplaceable. Okay, all right. they would be my four hypotheses, which I think jointly in some sense constitute a good bundle of ideas which you would call the great man theory.
0: I think so just sort of keep... my initial reaction is to point one or analysis one that yes, you know um, an individual canon does matter um, and then I've already forgotten all the other ones, but, yeah. but, but, no, but
1: on that, on on that on that um, on that first one uh i th- uh, you know, I, I think it obviously can matter. Right. So if you look at Alexander the Great from, you know, a a growing um, Macedon, but but, you know, his his father had sort of increased its power, but by no means was it a global empire. And then if you look at the almost instantaneous sort of or not, that's not quite true, but there's the certainly quite dramatic collapse of that uh uh empire that was when that was when
2: roger the mediocre took over (laughs) that's right
1: yeah all all of his satraps (laughs) ptolemy and so on um but um uh and you know you can argue did he ever conquer any of it or was he just sort of on a road trip basically but um but the point is uh that one person's vision and and ambition uh sort of built you know or, or was historically influential and then that that historical influence receded quite quite quickly you know in historical terms um but Mm. equally you know look at ancient egypt right obviously a very um uh, sort of influential historical period uh and most of us would struggle to mention you know to name more than about two pharaohs frankly and one of them you know wasn't very important but we happened to f- f- find his you know his his treasure trove um so so in that context i sort of think well you know arguably and and, and i'm sure ancient egyptian historians would would argue that actually personalities and leaders were you know were very important but but I, I think you can have dominant political systems you know look at the us for example and yes you can talk about the presidents but the presidents aren't as influential on on the achievements of that um political entity as you know leaders in other types of
2: systems so yeah so, I, so think- I think what you're saying is that one no one person is ever really that influential in the grand scheme of things and and which isn't one of the things that i was thinking about but um, that's the sort of you might call it the Ozymandias theory, you know, the, yes, the idea yeah, that you, my... you works you mighty yeah. in despair. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that that actually no one, no, all things will will pass, you know, that actually, uh, you, you know, our, our kind of worldly ambitions are ultimately pointless because we, we might believe that we're going to have uh, an influence for a thousand years um and uh, I mean, that's a bit
0: of a cop-out you, answer because that's a bit hey we all end up dead anyway so, right so you know I
2: mean, why cut your fingernails they'll only grow back no i, I agree uh, but i so i mean i think you know what, what what we're saying is that yeah there are very influential people but their influence it uh, does not extend very far in comparison to perhaps the actions of less influential people but who uh, but who do things like invent new technologies
1: or uh, uh, you know uh, yeah no no exactly and i think um you know uh, for whatever reason we we focus i mean yes there are great scientists that people think of but we tend to focus on on political leaders and uh you know c- coming to your sort of second point the the intrinsic versus uh, acquired characteristics um uh, and also a, a bit, you know, it, do you need to be in the right place at the right time? Yeah. The, the 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 third one, you know, Hitler is a great case study in in these points, and we probably o- over focus on Hitler, you know, as a um, a non representative kind of leader. But you know, up until his like early thirties a failed artist bumming around the you know the streets of 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 linz or you know or or you know munich or berlin or wherever he happened to be almost almost like a semi vagrant figure complete failure corporal in the austrian army you know and yet went on to be the 20th century maybe even history's most influential figure so that notion that he sort of had some intrinsic qualities that were you know destined to, to sort of he 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 had been a failure up until a set of conditions came to be to exist which enabled him to to exploit them so yes i mean i think the like the, yeah, this seems just patently
2: the case i i don't i mean it, it barely needs to be argued if napoleon had been born a caveman it's unlikely we'd be studying him in history books, right? right? I mean, that's the thing. So, what I suppose what what is worth pointing out, because it isn't, it is very confused when people discuss this, is that you can believe both. You can say yes, there are such things as great people, and actually, great historical. Uh, m- most of the things you know, the, the modern world is shaped by a bunch of you know, primarily by by either the inventions of or the actions of significant individuals, and you can also say those individuals would only have been significant if they'd emerged at that at that That's time right. and in that place and and, and you know those two things can
1: both be true and, and, and you know, it's worth saying it's obviously it's called great man theory but you know if you look at somebody like margaret thatcher uh, not a man um she she was again you know uh, obviously an incredibly sort of charismatic and and strident and powerful personality uh but it's unlikely that she would have gained as much political traction as she did if uh you hadn't if she hadn't come off the back of nineteen seventies England and if subsequently you hadn't had the Falklands War. Uh you know, so so again that sort of you know right time, right place. Yeah. But you you know, you need the the, the right ingredients yeah. as well. But yeah, yeah, what yeah. they're selling, there has to be demand for what they're selling at the time. Yeah, there's a
0: kind of intersection, isn't there? No. Um okay well look um a couple of things. I I just do think uh, we should return to the initial question and, you know, have a stab. Uh, given all the things we yeah, just yeah. said, we should still have a, a stab at Casper's um, uh, question about what happens to Russia after Putin. Let, let's have a stab at that. Um, okay. what, what do we think then, given all that we've said?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, for me, there's a couple of things, right? The, for the first is... Um, I mean, there's the question of when Putin might disappear because he doesn't necessarily How show old any is signs. How Putin, of, by the way? He's in his sixties, I think. Okay. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, he could easily go for another twenty years, right? I mean, exactly. Yes, yeah. and you know, constitute... very healthy all that
2: horse riding with his with his shirt on, <laughs> yeah, and, and archery, and yeah. judo, and um, spearfishing,
1: and so no, on. No, that's, yeah. that, that's right. But so there's a question of when he might go. But assuming at some, well, he's going to die, right? That much is 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 certain. You know what what comes afterwards. Uh, I, I, you know, his approval ratings are apparently still pretty good, you know, within, within Russia. Uh, so, you know, we don't know what will happen to that. But, but I think the case we were talking about in, you know, in Russia's particular case, it seems that there is a, the baseline is pretty high for autocratic style rulers. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem to me like there's a strong case for, you know, a rollback back to, to, to a very democratic and open society in in Russia. So that's the the first thing. Um, The second thing is you look at the direction of travel, right? Is is Russia going to sort of um, decline as a power? Is it going to increase as a power? And if you, you know, post-Soviet Union, it lost half its population by, you know... um, the secession of, of Soviet Union territories or independence. Um, and, uh, you know, it lost about a quarter of its, of its land mass, you know, down to a mere 17 million square kilometers. It's now only uh, the biggest country yeah, in the world. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but since then, you know, we've seen an increase in in both uh, their sort of sphere of influence, but also taking back bits of territory, right? You know, like the the, the um, Crimea and uh, and so on. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think there's an argument to be made that uh, they will continue in that direction of of trying, you know, Russia trying to become a, a larger a larger territory than it than it is potentially you know some expansion expansionism or at least in, increasing their their sort of um, uh, their sphere of influence um, and then there's the the sort of intransigence to the west this is what i was saying you know when you say what's going to happen to russia after putin you've got to define what what are you talking about with russia that's going to change and you know one of the key factors is their intransigence towards the west and i can't really see any signs of a, a kind of reproachment with you know with with um, uh, Europe and and uh, uh, and America because I, I you know don't see the the kind of appetite for that there's no particular
2: reason to believe it's going to happen is the key thing i mean it's that's right you know so you yeah you've got on one hand you you approach this you know the two things you want to look for are you know what so once we have defined what we're interested in say something like you know will russia and the west um you know become uh, more allied say you know and you think of some indicators and that might be things like you know participation in international institutions like the nato russia council and things like that um you know you, you define those particular hypotheses um and and then you look at the base rates well you know as chris said but the base rate for russia is is you'd, you'd have to say it'd be unlikely it'd be surprising if they if they suddenly change their kind of overall political uh tone because it is based on you know powerful people and um you get ahead in Russia by knowing powerful people and by working those networks properly. And, and so I, I can't, there's not, I don't think there's any particular, it's, I'm not ruling out. There's certainly not, there's not zero probability that Russia will suddenly liberalise and become a sort of modern democracy. It's just you'd have to judge it unlikely. And the other thing you want to look at is who is in, who's in control and what are their incentives? Does anyone have the incentive to make that happen? No, it's kind of locked down you know, Putin certainly doesn't, and he doesn't have the personality to be ambitious to create that kind of Russia. And, um, you know, the way that he has designed uh, the system of power in Russia means that the only people who are going to one day succeed him are people who've also succeeded in that. Now, you know, arguments along these lines were advanced in the 80s by, you know, the the, the Department of State and the CIA, and, uh, you know, who concluded that the Soviet Union would never disappear. And then, of course, you know, up popped Gorbachev and, uh, you know, the... the and perestroika and glasnost so you can't rule these things out but they're unlikely. it's unlikely you know change is rare so and, and,
1: um, and, and, and i think that points to uh you know that that reflects back on this great man theory that if you're if you're saying effectively the 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 90s was an aberration in in russian history and there's a baseline which you know a certain set of conditions you know perhaps a, 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 a counterpoint you know russia being a counterpoint to the west uh it being kind of autocratic uh and it wanting to be as big as possible um you know all putin really has done is sort of um nudge back towards russia's baseline you know it, so in many ways the you know while he was at the at the steering wheel the car was kind of already going in that in that direction
2: um yeah and i don't think i think you wouldn't necessarily think of the 90s actually as that much of an aberration it was a you know yeltsin was hardly a raging no democrat and and at the same time um you know the the uh what happened to russia's industry you know it, it transferred from being controlled by a bunch of state apparatchiks to being a bunch of, uh, no exactly and, the, and and also
1: so, you know thrown in with that is there that russia's flirtation with democracy wasn't wasn't you know, it wasn't a a good affair they had, you know, it was a very traumatic affair from their their perspective. So um I think we've answered that nicely. Um, I've got some
2: I I I looked at I was interested in this question of sort of the longer term prospects for countries and empires. Go on. So I did some data gathering about empires mm. and countries and how long they last. Um and uh just looking at countries, right? Do you know what the longest-lived country that's still in existence is? Oof. You God, could, that's right, a tricky you must, one. You'll be able to get this. I, I can tell you how old it is. It's, like it's 2,673 years old. It's going to be somewhere like Ethiopia old. or something. Oh, very good. Although I'm afraid Ethiopia's independence as a country ended in uh, with the Italian invasion. Hmm. Tragic, really. I mean, they they are the longest-lived c- country ever, right? So they, they were around for 2,916 years. The ignominy of having that ended by an Italian invasion must be <laughs> yeah. must still rile the modern day Ethiopians. But no, this is the third the third longest lived country, and it is still around. You you'll get you'll get it. Think of, think of a famously long lived p- p- people. Egypt. No, long lived
1: people.
0: Um, <laughs> famously uh, lived. well, they, not
1: just towards a hemisphere. Or something. Oh, all right, the, the Sudanese. Think, think east. Go east. China. China.
2: No, go even more east. Japan. Japan. Japan yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, the second most. So that was uh, a third continuous right. Okay, right. Second. The 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 second longest lived c- country that's still in existence is China. Sweden. Oh, Sweden. And right. then we're England. The third. Oh, really? Yeah, one thousand and eighty six years. Uh, young England. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I have got yeah. Thank you, Alfred you, and the great. Just while we're at Alfred it. the
1: Great. Quite. Look, there you go. The foundation of the English people. The do you want Gre- to know the, the
2: shittest uh, empires in history? One of them's got to be the Italian one, no? Uh, it's not. Uh, well, it, well, if there was an Italian empire, it's probably not in my list. But right. uh, no, it's the first Mexican empire which lasted from 1821 to 1823. Okay. So that was a small empire. Um, I, I think, actually, my rubbishest empire in terms of ambition divided by longevity is the Third Reich, because mm. they famously build themselves as the Thousand-Year bit, Reich, and they yeah. lasted
0: 12 years. Yeah, somewhat it's short.
2: poor, really. Yeah. Anyway, so I looked at how long you can expect your empire to last. And, and in Wikipedia, now admittedly, these, this is pre-selected for significant empires. So th- we really have to say that if your empire appears on Wikipedia, the, this You're is already a way an to Starts, yeah. yeah. The average length of an empire on Wikipedia is 265 years, right? Bear in mind that of the sampling bias. But let's assume if your empire is going to make it onto Wikipedia, you can expect it to last on average 265 mm. years. Follows a very nice exponential distribution, which is common for these things. So in other words, uh, the average, uh, the, the probability of your empire being snuffed out doesn't really depend on how old it is. Mm. So, you know, it's, if it's a thousand years old or 10 years old, the probability is about it works out around about 0.4 per cent per year um the ld50 rate is uh 100 so well and then i thought well let's imagine that you were trying to work out have we are we doing it properly this time right let's say we're the americans let's let's treat them as an empire for the moment we're the us and we're going are we special like is the us gonna end at some point just like you know happens to the britannic empire and uh you know the uh the 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 let me find a really obscure the Sabaean kingdom and the chola kingdom and the Go, gojo sion kingdom will will the united states be one day be one of those um it, you'd have to say first of all well they've all ended right so you'd it's pretty you'd have to be pretty special and i reckon you've got a half a percent chance that you're special right mm. that means that you're the only one out of this mm. sample of of say 200 empires um Based on that, you're doing some Bayesian sums. Your empire has to last for 183 years before um, you can consider that you, you're, you've you survived for longer than 50% of empires. Mm. Um, and uh, probabilistically, uh, I reckon that the US has there's only a 1% chance it will go on forever, mm-hmm. right? That actually you need to last for over 1,200 years before you can be even 50% sure that your empire is somehow not like the others. So there we are. That's uh, basically, I'm afraid it's looking overwhelmingly likely that just like all the other empires, one day the United States will be no more. Yeah. Just like the British Empire, which... So American know, the sun, exceptionalism. The sun exceptionalism set on that. Exceptionalism isn't that, that
1: exceptional is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Although the sun's sun, I mean, interesting fact, the sun still doesn't set on the British Empire because of the Pitcairn Islands. Which <laughs> the So there's a brief period where there, there, there's, it's daytime there. And not anywhere else, but we're yeah, not, when there they're not we are. abusing children. There's a question yeah, yeah.
0: there about, uh, there's a question there about um, hegemony versus empire. But nonetheless, we won't go down. Yeah, around. I mean, I'm just you um, know, I'm smashing all these terms together. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, I hope Casper, that's answered your question satisfactorily. Well, it hasn't, but um, hopefully,
2: it's been interesting.
0: Yeah, hopefully, it's been interesting. We'll wrap up there. Um, thank you, as always, to listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser Maguire. We've been here with Chris Rag and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. Goodbye.